car fans, it's time to start your engines. Welcome to Pit Pass Indy, a production of Evergreen Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Martin, a journalist who regularly covers the NTT IndyCar series. Our goal at Pit Pass Indy is to give racing fans an insider's view of the exciting world of the NTT IndyCar series in a fast-paced podcast featuring interviews with the biggest names in the sport. I bring nearly 40 years of experience covering IndyCar and NASCAR, working for such media brands as NBCSports.com, SI.com, ESPN Sports Ticker, Sports Illustrated, Auto Week, and Speed Sport. So let's drop the green flag on this episode of Pit Pass Indy. Welcome to this week's edition of Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway on August 20th. Make plans now to be part of the action by visiting www.raceway.com and www.bomberito.com. It's another busy week on Pit Pass Indy as the battle for the 2022 NTT IndyCar Series Championship is heating up, especially after this past weekend's Gallagher Grand Prix at the Brickyard. Alexander Rossi of Andretti Autosport broke a 49-race winless streak when he drove to victory on the Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course on Saturday. We have an interview with the race-winning driver later in the show. By finishing third, just behind Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan rookie driver Christian Lungard, Team Penske driver Will Power has moved into the NTT IndyCar Series Championship lead. Power went from eight points down to nine points ahead of Marcus Erickson, the winner of this year's Indianapolis 500, after the Chip Ganassi Racing driver finished 11th on Saturday. Power will join us later today as he previews the August 20th Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. We also have interviews with Erickson, Pato Award, and Renus VK in today's episode of Pit Pass Indy. But first, we have more news involving Alex Pillow, the man who apparently has two contracts for 2023, one with current team Chip Ganassi Racing and another with McLaren. As expected, the case is heading to court as Ganassi filed a lawsuit on July 26th in Marion County, Indiana, contending he has a contract with Pillow for the 2023 NTT IndyCar Series season. Pillow met with members of the media last Thursday at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Here are the highlights of that interview on Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Lawsuit involved, but to be honest, I think that was already like written uh, since that day uh, or that weekend. So it didn't change much from Toronto. Um, I wish it was obviously better and I didn't have 15 cameras pointing at me now, but uh, yeah, I cannot change it. You always want to keep everybody happy and be amicable, but um, yeah, as we can see, it didn't uh, work that way. So to be honest, um, it's all the same as how we work and stuff. At least it's been like that the past two weekends. 
and the preparation as well. I think I was yesterday at the simulator. Yeah, I was yesterday at the simulator. We did the prep as normal. Obviously, we didn't talk too much about what we were doing, but I was doing stuff uh, and just trying to get the car as better as possible for this weekend for not only me, but for everybody. And that's still the goal. Like it's the goal is not to be alone on uh, one car and not talk to the teammates uh, or not. Yeah, they, I think the best interest for the team, um, and I firmly believe that, is that we can get uh, four cars in the top four and, and they are working as they were before uh, on my car and on myself. Yeah, obviously there's a bit more noise that a normal driver would get, um, but yeah, you get as ready as possible without being fully ready, obviously. Um, but uh, yeah, it is what it is and it's part of the job. Um, and I just try and do the best I can on track. I found out uh, the night before you guys did, I guess, yeah. Um, so yeah, I knew. No, it was through my lawyers. Okay. Um, so I guess they got it. I, I got the papers afterwards, but uh, yeah, I got the papers. So I always want to keep everybody happy and not to create a mess, but uh, yeah, I cannot change stuff. So to be honest, I was ready for it. As I said, uh, I think the everything exploded uh, before Toronto. And from that moment, I knew it was going to come. I didn't know if it was going to come in three days or two weeks, um, but uh, yeah, I was ready. Yeah, I think what uh, the lawyer said and also what I said on my previous tweets or whatever, um, it's what I believe, so yeah. To be honest, I understand that it's not something you say, okay, it's okay guys, and we in four months we're gonna start everything, so uh, obviously it's not the best moment for the championship because we have a lot of races back to back and it's gonna end quick and we are fighting for this championship, but uh, at the same time, as I said, I understand that it has to be done quickly. Yeah, I have Clear no issues to talk to people, as you can say now. As you can see now, but uh, yeah, I I don't know if he's going to be here this weekend or not. Uh, he normally is. So. Yeah, I have no issues to talk to him. It's not like I'm going to avoid him at all. Um, not really. I mean, yeah, for sure, there's opinions and opinions. But at the end of the day, the only people that knows the truth it's uh, my people and obviously Ganassi's people. Um, but the rest, they can have an opinion, but they don't really know the facts and uh, what I think, what they think, what they say, what I say. So I think once every, everything just resolves, um, people is going to have another opinion or uh, they're going to have, they're going to keep the same one. But I don't think, yeah, I'm not afraid of people thinking that I'm a monster for being in the middle of uh, this because at the end of the day, don't, they don't really know uh, what's going on. And also for the other side, like the side that is just supporting me and uh, criticizing other people, I don't think that's fair because they don't really know um, what's going on at the end of the day, yeah. Uh, well, I'm from Spain and I love my country, but I'm also, uh, as you said, I moved here um, this year, especially because I had the cows and I don't have any more in Spain. Um, so yeah, I don't know what the future is gonna bring, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm living here and I'm happy so far. I don't know, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, we'll see, I don't know. Yeah, well, I meant more like from my management and the people around me, like 
there's I have full power of to decide where I want to race and stuff. Um, so yeah, nothing else to say. Like I so far, yeah, yeah, no issues. I have uh, people that's been around with me for a long time, and uh, I know they care about me, and they'll do everything uh, that it's best for me and my interest and for my career. So uh, yeah. Yeah, it's tough uh, with my performance in Iowa on Sunday. It's tough, but it, oh yeah, we are, I don't know, 60 something points behind. It's a lot of points, but at the same time, we saw um, Pato from having two good races that everybody was calling him out, and now suddenly he's part of the deal, right? So, yes, and now, especially with the races, the tracks we have left, I think it's more my style. I knew that Iowa was probably the worst place for me, especially going back to back, um, and we didn't do the job I said I wanted to do, which was two top tens, we failed on that, but uh, yeah, we were super strong here uh, on qualifying, then did a mistake on the race, but uh, hopefully it's sunny, so it's going to be awesome when I win, so um, yeah. Well, how, guys. how difficult is it going to be with, to beat Marcus, because he has had an extremely consistent season. Yeah, and also last year, I was saying last year that he was super strong. Uh, everybody saw it and everybody was talking about it and uh, he's uh, leading the championship so that means that he's been the best driver so far until this point. So, um, yeah, it's tough but at the same time it's good to have your teammate that it's uh, pushing like that. I think everybody's talents here in IndyCar or any other series uh, would translate into that. Yeah, I have no doubt about it. Maybe can suit you more this racing in IndyCar with fuel saving and blah, 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 or this amount of stops and strategy. But I think every road race car driver can do well in every series, let's say. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I would do the same if I was on your side. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's part of it. I was lucky a bit that in Toronto, no, not all of you were there. <laughs> and I was probably not as ready as I am now. So, uh, yeah, I think everything worked out that uh, now you're here, but I'm a bit more prepared. So. Do you have a provisional date that you would be able to do an F1 test? Uh, no. I don't, I have no idea, yeah. I have Speak nothing to hide, so um, I would like to explain as much as I can also, because as you can understand, there's... Uh, a legal thing going on or, and around and you cannot really say everything so yeah I'd like to keep you guys informed right as much as I that. can yeah. yeah we appreciate that <laughs> it's just also so you don't follow me during the weekend asking me questions <laughs> before I get into a car so I get the job done now and it's like working out right I work out in the morning because I know it's the first part of the day and I get it done early um, yeah obviously it's on my mind it's, it's, it's a big deal it's not uh, something small, but uh, yeah, working out and just at the end of the day, I put myself on a really bad situation, not having a seat and I repeat myself, but being on a couch and seeing a driver that has the opportunity to win this weekend and I would be like, come on, man, just forget about everything and just drive the car. It's just steering left and right and braking, so it's not that difficult. It would be different if I was not able to access to everything like the simulator, uh, well, that's the only thing. I cannot watch videos, but I can do now here. So, um, yeah, it's I was able to prepare with the team uh, as I would do. I'm a racing driver and I like to race. That's, yeah. We'll see what happens. Like, I cannot 
predict or put myself on that situation. So, um, yeah, I mean, like we're already into that, right? Like instead of talking about the race, we're talking about this. And um, now that I'm already like in that process, let's say you want to get it finished as soon as possible. Um, but as I said, it's obviously not the best timing for the championship, which is what uh, I care more more about. So. Um, yeah, it is what it is. So, as I said, it's uh, also a great opportunity to win now and show what we got. Um, well, I mean, you, we all evolve and we all change minds or change thoughts. And obviously, when you win a championship, you can uh, have different ideas or opinions, but it haven't changed like drastically. So. Hey, a uh, completely different question. Yeah. One of your teammates scored a top five Sunday. Pretty yeah. big news. I mean, what did you think of his race and the fact that he really raced hard against Marcus at the end of the race, passed him and drove away from it? Um, yeah, I think uh, he was really happy during the race, as I could see on the radio and uh, how he was driving uh, when I rewatched the TV and when I spoke to him. So um, it's amazing. I think he was he was able to show what he got. Uh, at Texas and also at the Indy 500, but uh, especially in Iowa. So super happy for him. Um, hopefully he can teach me a little bit more how to do that stuff that he does on ovals. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's awesome. He's so confident that he is going to show improvement on street and road courses this season. Do you believe that he will be able to show a, a really good finish for the seasons out? Yeah, 100%. I think he, if we look at how he started last year, how he ended up last year and how he is now. He, he's making progress every weekend and he's feeling more confident. Hopefully this is a good place for him. This is where he did the first IndyCar test, if I'm not wrong. So yeah. uh, hopefully that gives him a, a good result as well. And I think he deserves it, not only him, but all the 48 uh, car guys. So yeah, hope that would be good. But just behind us if possible, yeah. so. <laughs> Thank you. Next up, it's the winning driver of the Gallagher Grand Prix at the Brickyard, Alexander Rossi of Andretti Autosport. He broke a 49-race winless streak when he drove to victory on the Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course. It was 1,133 days between Rossi's previous win at Road America on June 23, 2019, and his latest victory at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway on July 30th, 2022. Once considered one of the top drivers in IndyCar, Rossi has finally found his way back to victory lane in the NTT IndyCar Series. Here is Pit Pass Indy's exclusive interview with Gallagher Grand Prix winner Alexander Rossi of Andretti Autosport. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 Worldwide Technology Raceway, we can finally call Alexander Rossi a winner again after 49 races, three seasons. Alex, you said it was a big relief that's been lifted off your shoulders now that you've won the Gallagher Grand Prix at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Just how great does that feel? It hasn't really sunk in yet. I mean, it will tonight and tomorrow and... I, yeah, it's just relief. That's the biggest thing. Like, I'm just so thankful to, to finally have that behind us and thankful to be able to do it with my guys, and um, they deserve this. Your first career win came in the 100th Indianapolis 500 on the IMS Oval 
your streak-breaking win comes on the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course. Of course, winning the 100th Indy 500 was a huge accomplishment in your career. But do you see some symmetry there to being able to end this winless streak at Indianapolis? I think so. Um, it's the greatest racetrack in the world, whether it's the Oval or, or not. And um, to be able to have the, the first and and the the end to the the hell of a run we've had um, is, is very, very special. Um, and to do it both with Andretti Autosport is very, very cool as well. There have been times where you have had opportunities to drive for other teams, and one of the things that kept you at Andretti Autosport was the loyalty that you had to your crew to be able to give them a victory in your final season before you leave to join Errol McLaren SP Racing. How important is that? Yeah, you're 100% right. I mean, the, the main incentive for me to to stay when we re-upped in 19 was, was the people. And I believe, and I've continued to believe wholeheartedly in, in the talent that exists at that organization and the potential that they have. And, and for whatever reason, um, you can't pinpoint it on one thing for whatever reason, it, it didn't, it didn't work out and it hasn't worked out. And, you know, I was at a crossroads in my career where I had to make a decision and, um, yeah, I mean, it's not, we, no one wanted it to be this way. Um, but, but that's life and, and that's the sport and that's business. And, through all of that process, um, the the team and Michael were of the, the utmost professionalism and, and continued to give me the best equipment possible to go out there and try and win races. Your first victory with Brian Bernhardt calling your race strategy, is that, how special is that? Yeah, awesome. Like, I love Brian. I, I love being able to work with him, and I have so much respect and trust in what he does and the decisions that he makes. And, um, you know, I think it was a, it was a, it was a great gesture of Rob you know, I, I was with Rob for so many years and we had so much success together, but he wanted to, he was like, man, it's not working. You need something different. And so he kind of stepped aside and brought some new blood in. And he, it, it's just another example of how the teams continued to try and give me the best possible opportunity to, to, to win races. Now, we're certainly not going to call this your last victory with Andretti Autosport because you've got four more chances to get another win before the end of the season. And I know that you mentioned uh, you like some of the tracks coming up. Unfortunately, uh, Bomberito Automotive Group 500 Worldwide Technology Raceway wasn't one of those that you said was one of your favorites. Why is that? That's a weird one. You know, in 18 and 19, like I think we were on the podium there two years in a row, and then the aero screen came, and we just haven't quite dialed it in. And then last year we were in an easy second place, third place, and crashed by ourselves. So um, it hasn't been kind to us. I, I love the event. I think the promoters and the fan turnout is always amazing. But we as a team, just short ovals are, are a big Achilles heel still. And, and Iowa was no different. And um, we're going to have to, you know, there's a, there's some cars testing there for us um, before we go there. So hopefully we can get a direction. But um, we're aware that that's kind of our, our week track and, and the schedule. Comes. But the big machine Music City Grand Prix on the streets of Nashville is next week. That's kind of an oddball race. It was pretty quirky, pretty strange last year. What's your forecast for year two? Do you see it normalizing to a degree, or do you think it's still going to be a wild and wacky race? Yeah, it'll probably still be wild. Um, I think Colton and I were, were by far the class of the field there, and the fact that neither of us won was kind of a, a huge disappointment and letdown. But I think we'll go there, and we'll be two of the cars to beat. With Andretti Autosport, you've been a loyal member of Honda for so many years. Now it's going to be new beginnings, Aero McLaren SP. You're driving a Chevrolet. You're going to get to experience new things working with new people, in a lot of ways, is that an exciting reboot to your career? Um, I guess you could say that. But ultimately, you know, we're we're focused on 2022. You know, I I know 
the, the only person I really know in the the Chevy camp is Ray Gosling because he was the 28 engineer for so long and now he's kind of the head of the Chevy Motorsports program and um, he's going to be the guy I'm going to be able to rely on and, and lean on but not thinking about that it's all about 2022 and what we can do with Andretti Autosport and Honda and like you said some pretty good tracks coming up Portland Monterey you're a Northern California kid what would it be like to cap off your career with a victory at Monterey? Yeah, I mean, I think we can do it at, at either Monterey or or Portland. You know, we qualified second for both those events, and there's no reason why we can't go out there and, and challenge for a win. And finally, what was the key moment in winning the Gallagher Grand Prix at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for you? Um, I think our performance on red tires was was really strong. You know, I think it was going to be interesting. It was going to be an interesting fight between Colton and I. Um, but yeah, I think our used tire pace on the Firestone Reds was was very good. From all of us on Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway, congratulations on your first victory in three years, bringing that 49 race winless streak, and good luck the rest of the season. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. We'll be right back to Pit Pass Indy after this short break. In the world of racing, Penske means performance and winning. For good reason. Since 1966, Team Penske has won 44 national championships, 17 in IndyCar alone. And last year, Team Penske claimed its Indianapolis 500 record-extending 19th Indy 500 win with Joseph Newgarden, the latest driver, to win the famed race. Team Penske also won its second straight NASCAR Cup Series championship. In 2022, Penske was the first team in history to win both the IndyCar and the NASCAR Cup Series championships in the same season. Team Penske enters the 2024 NTT IndyCar Series season with 236 IndyCar wins, including 34 500-mile race victories. Those are results that are tough to top. But Penske's legendary reputation for quality and attention to detail makes a statement off the track, too. When you need a truck, whether for your business or for a household move, Penske Truck Rental has some of the cleanest, newest, and best-maintained vehicles on the road. And we make it easy with personalized support from our associates, flexible reservations, and access to the top technology. With quick pickup and drop-off at more than 2,500 locations across North America, our scale and know-how will keep you covered, all helping to ensure you get the right, reliable, fuel-efficient vehicle when and where you need it. On the highways, the raceways, and every pit stop in between, Penske keeps you moving forward. Gain ground with Penske. Get a quote today at PenskeTruckRental.com or for household rentals, download the Penske Truck Rental mobile app today. Welcome back to this week's edition of Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Marcus Erickson has been one of the most consistent drivers all season, and that has allowed him to lead the IndyCar points for much of the season. But last weekend on the Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course, Erickson had an engine data issue in qualifying that forced him to start last in the 25-car field. He was able to drive his way through the field for an 11th place finish on Saturday. 
Erickson heads to Nashville for this weekend's Big Machine Music City Grand Prix, a race that Erickson won in 2021. The winner of this year's 106th Indianapolis 500 joins me on this Pit Pass Indy exclusive interview to talk about the championship chase, including this weekend's return trip to Nashville. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway, is the IndyCar Series points leader, Marcus Erickson. Marcus, heck of a battle at Iowa in both back-to-back races, including at the end of the second race between you and your Chip Ganassi Racing teammate, Jimmy Johnson. A lot of people may ask, with you in a points race and him not necessarily challenging for the championship, how that would be, but I guess it proves on your team that everybody is out there to race to win. Yeah, I mean, that's the way Chip goes racing and the way we always go racing, that, you know, we, we race each other hard and fair, and uh, I really enjoyed that fight with Jimmy in the end there. You know, I think both races was really fun for me. We had some good racing and some good battles, and, yeah, that Jimmy fight was, was really fun. Uh, obviously, I would have liked to stay ahead and, and get the points for it, but uh, he was a stronger, stronger one there towards the end of the race, so he deserved a top-five finish. You're doing exactly what it takes to win a championship, which is make the most of every race, get the highest finish you can. I believe Chip Ganassi has said in his career, if you can win, go for it. If you have a second-place car, sometimes finish second. So how much has that been in your mind throughout this championship chase? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, we're getting closer and closer. It's five races to go now, so it's definitely something that's in the back of your head. But at the same time, I think it's... It's a dangerous road to walk if you just think too much about points. You need to try and maximize every weekend, and that's what we've been trying to do. We've been trying to, you know, keep doing what we've been doing the last year and a half, and that's to go out there and be consistent and, and maximize our performance. And I feel like we did that again this past weekend in Iowa. We knew coming in that that was going to be a hard track for us. We knew that, you know, the test we had there wasn't maybe the best. And in history, the last few years, we've been struggling a little bit on that track. So... Going in, you know, we were a little bit worried, uh, obviously knowing how strong Penske is there. So to come away from there with a sixth and eighth place finish, plus keeping the championship lead, I think that was a great success for us and puts it in a really good spot now for the last five races. If IndyCar fans didn't know a lot about Marcus Erickson before the last couple of years, I guess you would say they certainly know about you now. Yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, we've been uh, we've been uh, making improvements every year, and I think last year was definitely a breakthrough, getting those two first win in, wins in my IndyCar career. And then, you know, we've just been building on that. You know, it's uh, it's been a steady progression, and this year being up there challenging every every weekend and winning the big one. Um, so yeah, it's been fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh, this year has been amazing, and obviously very focused to continue to continue this strong year and finish it off with winning the championship. All right, I'm going to turn this question completely around. Everybody talks about the IndyCar talent that's in the series that could compete in Formula One, but you're showing the depth of the talent that was in Formula One because you ran 97 races in Formula One before coming to IndyCar. Now here you are, an Indy 500 winner and a driver challenging for an IndyCar Series championship. So in a lot of ways, do you think you're showing race fans in the United States just how deep the talent level is 
in Formula One. Yeah, for sure. I think one of the problems with Formula One for the drivers is that it's really hard to show your skills as a driver when you are in smaller teams. And that was one of the frustrations for me. I would run, like you said, 97 Grand Prix. But all those 97 races was with teams in the back of the grid. So I never had the opportunity to show my ability as a driver. And that was one of the biggest motivations for me to come over here to the States to IndyCar because here it's a lot more a level playing field. You still, of course, need a strong team, but it's a lot more up to the driver to work with your engineers and mechanics to optimize the setup and then go out there and deliver. So I think, you know, it shows that even the drivers that's running towards the back of the field in F1 can be extremely good drivers. And uh, I think we will see more, you know, the next coming coming years. You know, we saw Roman coming over here and it's been very strong. And uh, I'm sure there will be more drivers coming this direction uh, after they've seen me and, and Roman's success here in, in the States. You're going back to the streets of Nashville as the defending winner of the big machine Music City Grand Prix. Bizarre race last year that you were able to win. You actually was airborne. They talk about Sullivan's spin and win. I mean, you took a flight and ended up winning the race. Do you see the race this year not being as crazy as it was last year? Yeah, I mean, I hope it will be a little bit less drama. I think it was uh, it was good fun and action-packed. But yeah, for me, I prefer not to go airborne and go sort of five times through the pits to repair my car to start off with. You know, I, a little bit more straightforward race would be pr- preferred. But uh, no, I, I, I go into that race very excited. I think it was an amazing event last year. The... The whole city was, you know, living through the race, it felt like, and there were so many fans there, and the track itself was really fun and challenging. So I can't wait to get back there and being the defending champion as well of the race. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, the goal is to win. I think we're going to have a strong package. The Ganassi cars there last year was extremely fast, so really excited to be back there on the streets of Nashville. And because the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 Worldwide Technology Raceway is our sponsor, got to ask you, did you learn anything in the Iowa doubleheader, the High V IndyCar weekend, that you believe is going to help you when you get to Worldwide Technology Raceway for the big August 20th race? I'm not sure how much that will translate. You know, there's both short ovals, but uh, the gateway track is, is quite different to, to Iowa. Um, but we do have a stri- strong package of gateway, I feel like. We've been stronger the last couple of years, and I've been stronger, you know, had a couple of top fives and, and running up front. So I'm feeling confident for that event. I feel like we're going to have a strong package there and be, you know, aiming to win the race. Oh, one last question for the IndyCar NASCAR triple header. At the Brickyard, you had a chance to return to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for the first time since you won the 106th Indianapolis 500. What was that like when you returned, came through the gates again? It's an amazing feeling, of course, to come here as the Reen, uh, you know, champion of the 500. It's uh, it's very special, so I'm going to enjoy this weekend and, uh, you know, just enjoy being here. It's always special being on the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, so, yeah, uh, it's going to be a fun one. Marcus Harrison, Chip Ganassi Racing, driver of the number eight Husky Chocolate Honda. Good luck the rest of the season, and thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Thank you. And now, let's catch up with Renus VK of Ed Carpenter Racing. The driver from the Netherlands is 11th in points, but only three points behind Colton Herta for a top 10 spot in the standings. BK is ready to bring out his cowboy hat and boots as he looks forward to fun and excitement that awaits in Nashville this weekend. Here is my exclusive interview with VK for Pit Pass Indy. 
Joining us now on Pit Pass City, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway, Renus VK, driver at Ed Carpenter Racing. Renus, you've had a pretty good season this year. Uh, the next race coming up on the schedule is going to be the Big Machine Records Grand Prix at Nashville. That was a wild race last year. Do you think it'll be just as wild this year? Or do you think the IndyCar guys will settle down a bit? I think it's going to be a li little bit less wild. Uh, last year was, in my opinion, too wild to make it an actual great race. Uh, so I think uh, with the adjustments they made to the track, uh, to the restart zone, it's going to be a lot better. And uh, I heard they smoothened out the bridge a little bit, so it's going to make it nicer. Are you also glad they moved the start-finish line to the bridge rather than that little kink? Yes. Where I, everybody seemed to pile up, uh, you know, on restarts. I'm happy they did that. I was, I was part of a pile-up and <laughs> screwed my race up. So I'm, I'm happy they changed it, and um, I think it's an awesome track. I think it's an awesome, an awesome venue, but definitely it has some problems. So I think these are about the changes I thought about, and that's exactly what IndyCar did. So... Who wasn't part of a pile-up of that first Nashville race? <laughs> Even well, the race to, winner. The I wanted race to say winner. Marco, yeah. but uh, Marco is, uh, Marcus. Marcus but, went airborne. Yeah, and, and he went still on the winner race. That's how crazy the race was. Yeah. yeah. But the atmosphere there was fantastic. Mario Andretti told me, we now have the Long Beach of the East. Does it really feel like a huge event because of that? Yeah, it, it's huge, and it's, it's Nashville. It's a crazy city. Um I personally loved it, you know, uh, having to walk from the hotel, like, through Broadway to the track. I, I really enjoyed that. It was fun, so. Didn't you also buy a cowboy hat and boots? Uh, just a hat. The boots were bought in uh, Texas beginning of this year. But, uh, yeah, the hat's still proudly in my driver locker. Are you bringing it out when we go to Nashville next week? 100%. 100%. How many kids growing up in the Netherlands had cowboy hats when you were um, living there? You might be able to count them on two hands, but that's all. But uh, no, I got to reshape it though. It's been uh, it's been sitting in my locker, so uh, it's not really symmetrical anymore. I bumped into you at the Gwen Stefani concert before the uh, second race at Iowa. You were into it. What did you think of the show? I thought it was amazing. Um, really, her music that she was uh, singing there and playing. It's the music I grew up with, having my like five-year-old sister going crazy too so i knew all the songs not because i listened to it but my sister like made me listen to it when i was a kid so that was uh that was fun you've been able to do some great things with ed carpenter racing he brought you into the indycar series you won polls you've won your first career race with ed carpenter at some point people are going to want to make a run at you you know are you prepared for that or or you know ed has such a family-based team that I know even Joseph Newgarden said when he left for Team Penske, it was kind of hard to, to leave Ed Carpenter Racing because it's just what they'd build up. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a great team. And, of course, uh, there's interest from the outside, but I'm going to, you know, I've, I have my manager, Adrian, that takes care of all that stuff now. And I have some races to focus on. Uh, also, Nashville coming up very shortly. So I try to just focus on racing and focus on that stuff later on. Now, after Nashville, is the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Did you learn anything at Iowa that can translate? Tracks are a little bit different. They're both ovals, but 
Gateway uh, Worldwide Technology Raceway a little longer, more shaped like a paperclip. Is there anything that can translate? Uh, not really, actually. Uh, you know, Iowa is, is a two, you know, you can run two, maybe three wide all race, where Gateway, you can run two wide on a, on a restart. That's about it. Uh, and there's, like, it's super smooth. It's like a, like a pool table where Iowa is bumpy like a street course. But do you, how much do you love driving at Gateway? I love driving at Gateway. Um, got close to my first ever podium in 2020. Uh, had some good moments there, and it's a cool track. I like it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get back there and go for a good result. And also, if you're a fireworks fan, you got to love that salute they give you guys on the parade lab. Yeah, I was not prepared first time, and actually both times I really thought my engine exploded while I was driving there because it, you know, you're not prepared. I, I think I saw a video of Austin Sindrick going all nuts when that stuff went off. Now, it's not going to be so much a night race this year. It's going to start a little bit in the early evening, so it will probably be mostly daylight. You ran two races in the day there in 2020. How much different will the track be as a twilight race as opposed to being a night race? I think it's going to be a little different. It's, uh, it's going to be a little harder, which it's going to make the racing a little less good, I think, because of the warmer temperatures. But, you know, I think uh, as long as it's the same for everyone, it's going to be a fun race. And I think it's going to be better for European people to watch the race, too. Do you stay at the track or do you go into St. Louis? I'm, I'm going into St. Louis. That's, that's where we mostly book the hotels. So going to be out there and uh, driving to the track every day. Have they turned you into a Cardinals fan? Not yet, but I have been to the game last, last year. It was fun. Well, there you go. All right. Renus VK is one of the stars of the future. Uh, good luck the rest of the season. And thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Thank you. Pato Award is one of IndyCar's brightest stars and is currently fifth in the standings with four races remaining. The Arrow McLaren SP driver still has hopes he can claim a championship in 2022 as he enters the Music City Grand Prix, fifth in points, 46 points behind the leader, Will Power. He's back on Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. It's Pato Award, Aero McLaren Racing. Pato, you're coming off a second victory this season, fourth of your career. Even though you've got a little work to do in the points, I know you said after the race that you're still determined to get out there and slug it out for that championship. How difficult will that be? Yeah, I mean, if you're here to do anything else that's not fight for a championship, then you're here for the wrong reasons. But is it going to be easy? No, not at all. Uh, is there a chance? There is. So I think you just gotta you got gotta keep pushing and and uh, try and, and and keep maximizing every session that you have in order to to make that happen. Do the warmer weather races suit your style? Because you're young, you're in shape, 
you're an athlete. Some of the older guys probably get worn out a little bit more in some of this stuff. Do you see that with some of the hotter tracks we've gone to this summer, that it's a bit of a benefit for you because of your age? No, I think it all depends on how good your car is in the in the heat or not. Uh, I don't really think it, it is based on, I think everybody's fit in the series and uh, at least everybody that you're fighting the championship with is fit. So um, yeah, you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta make sure you have the best car out of all of them rather than, than you thinking you're fit. Well, another hot race is coming up on the streets of Nashville. It was very hot there last year. It was also a bit of a goofy race. A lot of strange things happened in the race. Do you see that settling down this year since they've made some changes to the race course? Yeah, I mean, and honestly, I didn't really think it was such a bad racetrack. I just think everybody and many drivers were doing very stupid decisions and sticking their nose in certain areas where they shouldn't have because it was the first time around that we've been there. So uh, I think now where people realize where and what is going to cause a blockade or not, um, I think it'll be a lot smoother. Do you like the fact they moved the start-finish line to the to the bridge? Uh, the flags. Yeah, thing. that's fine. Fine with me. And also, didn't they do a little work smoothing out the bumpy parts? Yeah, that, I think that was the worst part of it. It's just, it was painful. It was literally painful for your brain and for your legs inside of the car flying uh, while you're flat out four, fifth, and sixth gear in the bridge because the bumps were so insane. Now, you've spent a lot of time in Austin, Texas, which has its own music history in the United States. Nashville, of course, is Music City. What do you see as being similar to those two markets? Uh, there's a lot of entertainment in both. Yeah, there is. And I think the nightlife is very similar on both of them. Uh, it's very young. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of partying going around. And uh, wonderful food. Great, great, great food in Nashville. So I'm excited to, to go back and, and, uh, and hit up the, my favorite spots. Now, with the success you've had at Aero McLaren SP Racing, you've got a great team behind you. What are some of the things on the team that you feel really give you an advantage over the competition? Um, I mean, man, we're going up against Penske's and Ganassi's, and they're, they're championship winners. They're 500 winners, uh, and we're not any of that yet. Uh, we're race winners, and uh, we're still working to – to get up to their level and to compete at every single weekend at the top, uh, which I think we are and we keep improving, but I, I don't think we're, we're quite there yet. But I think what, uh, what makes me feel so comfortable where I am and, 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 and really trust in, in the people that are around us is that there's a lot of great people and there's a lot of great people that would, uh, that would do anything to, to make me comfortable in a race car to go quick and win races because they know I can. So I think that's uh, that's the biggest thing and that's as much as you can ask for. But I believe somewhere along the way, Aero McLaren SP has joined the big three. I believe you're between Team Penske, Chip Ganassi Racing, Aero McLaren SP, you're that group now that you outperformed Andretti Autosport. You've outperformed some of the other teams that at one time were part of the big three. How satisfying is that to know that you've played a major role in that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, 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 uh, I believe that I'm a, I'm a big leader in the team, and um, and I think what we've been able to accomplish so far is is a lot to be proud of. Uh, but we're definitely not done yet. And also, what's the dynamic like between you and Taylor Keel? You know, when he's uh, calling your race. 
Oh, he's he's a rock. Uh, he's he's like an emotionless rock, which I think is very very nice to have. Whenever I can get very animated when you're inside of the race car with all the adrenaline going on, and um, yeah, super super good guy to have in my radio. Now, after Nashville, there will be a weekend off, and then it is the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. How much do you like racing on that track? It's an oval shaped like a paperclip. You've got drag race down the front stretch and then make those turns. Is that an oval type of oval that you really like to drive on? Uh, I love Gateway. Um, I've never won there. But I sure as hell have had very good races there. So hopefully we can go a couple positions better this year and, um, you know, take a, take a victory home. And also it's the last oval race of the season. And as we know, oval races can have a bigger shift in finishing position and the points necessarily than maybe a road course race. So do you see that as being a pivotal moment in what will separate the drivers that are going to go on to Portland and Monterey that will fight for the championship? Um, no, I mean, you can have a terrible weekend in Gateway, but if you have a great one in um, Portland and Laguna, you're, you're set, right? So, yeah, I don't really think it makes a difference. But as far as yourself, you're coming off of a double header that was on a short I don't have level. a choice but to keep performing and uh, not have any issues going on with our car. Uh, we need to uh, sum up points, and uh, top fives aren't going to be enough anymore. We need to be winning races and being on the podium. But would Pat O'Ward like to see a few more ovals on the schedule? Uh, I'd love to, yeah. I mean, I, I really enjoy oval racing. But I do know number one on your list is a race in Mexico City. Yeah, well, I mean, we're already late to the game uh, not being there, uh, which uh, I'm trying to help. But it uh, seems like, I mean, they say they have it under control. So hopefully, hopefully we're there uh, sooner than we know it. Well, we know that Pat O'Ward is going to be at IndyCar Series Champions sooner than later. Pato, good luck the rest of the season. Good luck in that championship battle. And thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. In our Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway spotlight, Team Penske's willpower gives our listeners a lap around the track as he explains what it takes to go fast on the 1.25-mile oval. Power won the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 in 2018. Here is my exclusive interview with Power as he leads the field into Nashville as the NTT IndyCar Series points leader. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway, is former winner Will Power at Team Penske. Will, you drove to victory there. You've got one win on that track. It's a it's a great track to race on. What is it about Worldwide Technology Raceway that you really love about it? Uh, I think it's, uh, I mean, it's, I just enjoy it. It's a very, very tight turn, one, two, with some banking and then three fours almost wide open. It's, um, yeah, and I, I think the, the promoter puts on a great event there, always really, uh, really well set up and a lot of fans. And as far, though, as the show itself, they put a lot of emphasis on entertaining the fan. The first year you raced there with the pyrotechnics on the parade lap on the backstretch, were you ready for that, or was that a little bit bigger of an explosion than you expected? Uh, yeah, they told us about it. I think it actually got on the track and made it really slippery for the first uh, first lap or so. 
But um, uh, yeah, they like I said, they always put on a good show and they um, really care about the race. So we, we love racing tracks with promoters like that. And if you could just take us for a lap around that track, where you shift, where you turn in, where you exit, how many times you may shift during a lap, just so the listener can kind of get an idea of what it's like to race at that 1.25 mile oval. Yeah, I mean, uh, turn one's, a, a, you know, two downshifts, you know, in the race at times you even break, you know, you turn in from the very outside of the wall and you actually go down to the apex. It's very, very tight off the corner. Like you get really close to the wall off the corner. It's usually pretty slippery. And turn three, four, is um, it's pretty difficult in the race. You don't have much banking on the way in, so it's loose in. And then, then once you hit the bakey, you got a lot of grip. Um, and it's very wide on exit. Actually, it's easy. It's easy to get a run on people there. So uh, it's a pretty, pretty fun track. What is the best way to pass a car at that track? Uh, you got to get a really good run out of four, turn four, and then passing. Your best opportunity is passing into one. The fact that Barbarino Automotive Group spent so much time and energy in promoting that race, it's almost like a blueprint of how other IndyCar venues should promote their races. It's paid off by the fact that they get very big crowds to attend those races. What do you think of the effort they put in? They put a great effort in, you know. It's it's like High V at Iowa, the sort of effort they put in. You know, that's that's the events that we love to go to is when the promoter really cares the presentation is fantastic, the presentation of the track, the track quality is great, and um, you get a big crowd. It also seems to be a very good track for Team Penske because your teammate, Joseph Newgarden, is a three-time winner there. The only non-Penske drivers that have not won in the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 Worldwide Technology Raceway are Scott Dixon and Takuma Sato. What is it about Team Penske's ability to get around that track, and especially the fact that your teammate is probably one of your strongest competitors there? Yeah, it's. Um, it, I think we have really good short oval cars. Uh, you know, it's not something that uh, that that just came along. I mean, we work pretty hard on that, and I think having good good teammates really helps because we have really good uh, feedback and. We um, we all converge on a similar setup, so I think that's that's the uh, that's what it is for us. It's also a three and a half hour drive from Indianapolis. I imagine you see a lot of familiar faces and the fans that come through the paddock that you saw at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway in May. How cool is that that uh, they support IndyCar the way they do in the uh, hometown of IndyCar of Indianapolis? Yeah, I think that's that's great. You do get a lot of people from Indianapolis and. Um, uh, it's a great city, and like I said, a great event. What do you love most about the St. Louis area? Um, I think I love this love of sport. <laughs> I have a big, they love this sport. Um, and, uh, yeah, actually I spent a lot of time at the track in my motorhome on the race weekend, so I don't get to see the city very much. Ever been to a Cardinals game? No, I've seen, uh, I've, I've, I've stayed at the hotel just across the, from the stadium, but um, no, I haven't. And the effort that Curtis Francois, the track owners, put into making that a major league facility, I remember back when you guys were testing there to see if you wanted to add it to the schedule, IndyCar made the suggestion about maybe paving the track. Next thing you know it, he paved the track at his expense. So that, what does that say about the commitment 
of Curtis Francois and Chris Blair, the general manager of the track. Yeah, it's, uh, they're committed to having a great event. And, um, you know, they bought NASCAR there. And I think they deserve everything they get. You know, they really, like I said, they really care. And, you know, when we first went there, they resurfaced the track, you know, without question. And, you know, I think it shows their commitment. It's the last oval race of the season. So in a lot of ways, is that also special to a driver? Because, you know, you're, not, you're going to finish up on two naturally trained road courses. It's the last time you'll get to turn it loose on an oval in the season. Well, I think it's, um, it's more that it's the beginning of those last three races that really matter. Uh, that will, that, that's what makes that race. You're getting right down the wire. That's what makes it so important to, to do well. So it's certainly going to be interesting because of the, the tire selection for this year. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Plus, you get a pretty cool trophy for winning at uh, Worldwide Technology Raceway. I'm sure you'd like to add a partner trophy to the one you already have. I would, I always enjoy, I always love adding a trophy to what I have. So yes, that would be, uh, that would be fantastic. Will Power, former winner of the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Good luck in the race this year. And thank you for joining us on Pit Pass Indy presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Yeah, thank, thanks for having me, Bruce. And that puts a checkered flag on this edition of Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. We want to thank our guest, Alex Blow of Chip Ganassi Racing, Alexander Rossi of Andretti Autosport, Marcus Erickson of Chip Ganassi Racing, Redis VK of Ed Carpenter Racing, Pato Award of Aero McLaren SP, and Will Power of Team Penske for joining us on today's podcast. Along with loyal listeners like you, our guests help make Pit Pass Indy presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway, your path to victory lane for all things IndyCar. And we especially want to thank our partner, the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Make plans now to see one of the biggest and best IndyCar races of the season on Saturday, August 20th. For more information, go to www.raceway.com and bomberito.com. For more IndyCar coverage, follow me at Twitter at Bruce Martin, one word, uppercase B, uppercase M, underscore 500. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thanks to our production team. Executive producers are Bridget Coyne and Gerardo Orlando. Recordings and edits were done by me, Bruce Martin, and final mixing was done by Dave Douglas. Learn more at evergreenpodcast.com. Until next time, be sure to keep it out of the wall.